0: and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 36, Rethinking Tough Parents. E2E podcast has been focused on career growth over the past few months, as we've led up to the E2E virtual career conference. Speaking of the career conference, it was a wild, wild success. If you missed the live conference and you're interested in learning more about the sessions that were presented, head on over to educators 2 We are going to turn that live conference into three separate courses. So one course is going to be for teacher entrepreneurs. Those of you that maybe wanna start your Teachers Pay Teachers store, or you wanna sell a product, or maybe you're interested in having any kind of a side hustle, a podcast, A blog a website that's for teacher entrepreneurs we're going to have a second course made up of the sessions from the conference all about getting your first teaching job and interviewing for a teaching job and then of course we have a whole entire series at educators to educators called classroom to boardroom if you're looking from making the leap from working you know, in the classroom as an educator to working for an education company. So we have three different courses available from that conference. We decided to split that up based different tracks that people might be interested in. So recently I took a poll on Instagram and I asked the question, are parent relationships one of the most stressful parts of teaching? And hands down, the answer was yes. And I got some very passionate yeses. Now, some of you said no, and I wanted to high-five you through my Instagram stories. That's amazing that you don't find that stressful, and maybe you've figured out a way to not let parent relationships get under your skin or bother you. But there are a lot of teachers out there, new teachers, all the way to veteran teachers that struggle with tough parents. I had one teacher reach out to me and said, these parents that I have this year are really ruining teaching for me. It is an awful year this year. So no matter how wonderful of a teacher you are, no matter how amazing of a person that you are, there will always be a parent or a few parents that criticize you and email you all the time and defend their kids when you try to talk to them about something. I mean, there's always going to be parents that go against the grain or that are just tough parents that kind of bring you down. I always say that teachers face a lot of amazing things in their classroom, but they also get to see every day all the struggles that are going on in this country. So you see mental health issues, poverty, divorce, parents who are over-parenting, or those snowblower, lawnmower parents that are making it too easy for their kids, and I know from personal experience with 10 years in my classroom, both as a person for the first you know five years that didn't have children of my own and then you know a few years where I did have my own kids, I know as a teacher how hard we work to not judge other parents and that not judge the parents of our students and I know how hard it is to want to sometimes change situations for our students that are in our classroom and it's really hard to like not get caught up in that. But what I think is the hardest part of um, our job is when a parent or a group of parents makes your job more difficult by emailing constantly, being overbearing and controlling, uh, being maybe non-existent, um, super protective of their child. They can never do anything wrong or make any missteps, And probably the worst thing is a parent that attacks you or talks about you and kind of makes you out to be a bad guy, either to their kid or to other parents within the school. Today, I want to rethink difficult parents. And I want to do this through the lens of power. When I say power, I do not mean control or power over students or power over a parent. I'm talking about the power you have over yourself, and more specifically, the power you have over your emotions, your thoughts, and your feelings. I am a podcast junkie, and recently I was listening to a podcast about being a victim. So being a victim, or having a victim mentality, is all about giving away power. When you're a victim, You don't own your own power, and you don't own the power that you have. You don't take ownership of the power that you have over your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, and your results. If you listen to episode number 31, How Your Thoughts Control Your Workday, I talk about this. I talk about how the thoughts in our head control our feelings, and our feelings control our actions, and those actions get us results over time. So today I want to talk about us taking control of our own emotions and thoughts and taking our own power and keeping our power and not handing that power we have over our own thoughts and feelings over to a parent that maybe is really tough. So let's give some examples here. Let's talk about maybe a parent who sends you an email. Now the email may be nasty or it's accusing you of something or just for some reason just really irritates you, maybe it hit you at the wrong time. So let's say you get that email on your way to lunch and as you're taking your kids to the lunchroom, you're spinning in your head about it and you're spinning out of control. You're thinking about this email and how irritated you are and how mad you are. And then you go to the lunchroom and you talk to some colleagues at lunch about it and then you complain, and then you go home and you complain to your neighbors about it, and then you talk to your your husband about it, your wife. What you are doing is you are giving that parent that sent that email, without them knowing it, all of the power. You are giving them the power over your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. And you've taken up valuable headspace and energy, and by giving that power away, you are now caught up in the victim mentality. You're giving away your power. You have control over whether you spin out and talk about and frankly waste your time worrying about that email. So I want you to think the next time you get an email or you have a conversation and it's with a parent, could be with a colleague, but we're focused on parents today, that really kind of irks you or grinds on you. And I want you to stop it right there. I don't want you to give that parent the power over your emotions. I want you to stop it right there. And we talk about emailing parents, and I don't remember a few episodes back where I talk about not responding right away. So there's a whole episode about emailing with parents. Actually, I think there's two episodes that I did on that very important topic, but I want you to stop it right there. I don't want anyone else to have the power over your mind except for you. And the second you let those things irritate you and you spin on it and then you talk, I mean, think about all the amazing things you could talk to your colleagues about or your friends or your spouse that has nothing to do with this parent. Don't let them take over the valuable time of your day. Did you know I read recently that we have over 60,000 thoughts per day in our head? 60,000 thoughts? That's insane. That is so many thoughts. How many of those 60,000 thoughts are you going to give away to a parent who sent you an email? And why would you give that away? Let's talk now about being defensive. So I was never perfect in the classroom, I was never, I made missteps with parents. But now looking back, I've been thinking a lot about getting defensive. So when you get defensive, you're getting on the defense either physically or mentally, right? And what you are actually doing when you go on the defense is shifting that power to the other person. Or you're protecting, you're trying to protect that power. So let's say a parent approaches you and you immediately get defensive. The second you feel defensive, you're shifting power to them. So let's talk about when you feel defensive, because it's a real um, emotion and feeling to get defensive. But a lot of times I think what happens when we're feeling defensive is that when someone gives us feedback or they're asking us a question and we start to feel defensive, could it be that that person is tapping into something that is true? Maybe if a parent emails you or calls you or comes in to see you and they say something to you like, You know what? Jose, he feels like you don't like him and he feels like you don't treat him fairly. Now, if you start to feel defensive, I want you to ask yourself, is that true? Does Jose kind of grind on me? Do I not really like him as much as maybe I do another kid who listens all the time and doesn't interrupt me while I'm teaching? Now, as teachers, we are trained and we know how to Love our kids as equally as possible, but we're still humans and there are still children that are going to grind on us. That is real life. And if we start to pretend like, oh no, we love all the children the same and I never feel any tribes of favoritism, I mean, let's be real. Now, I have said in the past, sometimes the kids that would grind on me and test me the most at the beginning of the year would end up being like my warm and fuzzy kids that I didn't want to let go of at the end of the year. Um, But let's be real. We have emotions. And so let's say a parent comes up to you and says, Jose doesn't think you like him. And he thinks you don't treat him fairly. I want you to think to yourself, is that true? And do I feel bad and guilty about that? If you feel that that is true, I think one of the most important steps is to admit it. Admit it maybe to yourself, and quite possibly, maybe even admit it to the parent. Now you have to be careful there, and I'll talk about that in a second. But by admitting that maybe that child does grind on you, and maybe you haven't treated him fairly, maybe you admit that in your mind, once again, you're maintaining power and control of your thoughts and your feelings. You're able to shift over the power of your emotion. Instead of giving it to that parent and getting defensive, you keep the power in your own thinking, and your own motivations, in your own mind. So if you are feeling defensive and you feel that urge to be defensive, I want you to regain power and admit to yourself if maybe some of that is true or maybe you did make a mistake. And if you didn't and it's none of it's true, you should be able to calmly have a conversation with the parent and say, oh my goodness, I am I am absolutely so sorry that Jose feels that way. I love Jose. I love having him in class. He does this for me and that for me. And he's such a great helper. And I can't imagine not having him every day. And you know, I'm going to show Jose a little bit more TLC because how I really feel about Jose is he is such a joy. But if that that parent tapped into something to you that's maybe true maybe you're struggling with that student and you automatically go in the defense and you give that parent your emotional response that can cause a lot of problems in your communication with that parent so maybe you say to that parent you know what i absolutely adore jose but jose tends to interrupt me a lot when i'm speaking to the class And, you know, to be honest with you, that has been something hard for me. And I've been working on being very patient with Jose with that. And I've been talking with Jose about how he can be respectful of me. And I'm so sorry that he feels that I, you know, don't love him like I do the other children because I do. And let's have a conversation about how we can make Jose feel more included, but also talk about how Jose can be a little bit more respectful of me. And so by admitting, yeah, that is grinding on me a little bit. You now become more vulnerable and you've opened up a conversation, and you don't act like, oh no, everything's roses. I love Jose exactly how he is. I never treat him poorly. So just a little food for thought there. When you start to feel defensive, I really want you to dig deep and see if the person who's giving you feedback might be a little bit right or onto something. I wanna give you an example. So um, in my last you know, couple years of teaching, before I had kids, I gave a lot of homework. And I admitted this in previous episodes, one of my biggest regrets, but I didn't have my own kids. I also was following the Chicago Public Schools homework policy. So I was giving in like in fifth grade, you were supposed to give an hour of homework every night. Um, But I had these, I made my homework super fun. Like I did tic-tac-toe sheets with books and I made it fun. But I had this dad come in. Now, this dad was a tough parent. I had heard about him. He had a little bit of a reputation in the school of being a hothead. Um, He was a hard parent not to know. And his dad came in one day after school, I was I remember being, it was super hot out. So it must've been like late fall when it was still pretty warm and we had no air conditioning in my classroom. And he comes in and he starts going off on me about how much homework I give and I'm ridiculous and I'm blah, blah, blah. And so I had two choices here. I had a choice, one, to defend myself and why I'm giving homework. And this is CPS policy and blah, 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 blah. Or... I could listen to my instincts and say, you know what, if this dad feels that I'm giving too much homework, I will say to him, you know what, my homework policy might be a little bit too much for for some kids. So if your child is struggling with the amount of homework, let's reduce his tic-tac-toe board down to one and do only the odd problems on math. I think I shocked The man. I think because he was so used to putting people on the defensive, I think he truly, all these years with his kids, knew how to go into a teacher, say things that put that teacher on the defense, and he knew he was taking that power away. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And because I didn't put a defensive wall up with him and I said, okay, let's reduce your son's homework. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? complete 180. Oh, I'm not here to talk about my own kid. I, this is just what other parents are saying about their homework. My kid can handle the homework. He will continue to do all three tic-tac-toe squares and all the math problems. This is not about my kid. And I said, okay, well, you know, if you hear any other parents saying it's too much homework, please tell them to come in and address it with me. I'm more than happy to talk about that workload. I really want kids to have balance in their life. I didn't let him have the power over my emotions and I didn't get defensive. I didn't always do this. I made mistakes. Um, But I think that over time, I learned that by keeping calm, cool, and collected, and really uh, not letting that my emotions take over, I maintained power over my own demeanor and the way I reacted. And I made better choices because of it. So maybe a parent says to you, you know, you're really behind on grading and Johnny hasn't seen his grading and da, da 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 okay? Instead of saying, I have been on top of grading and Johnny hasn't turned on his assignments. And by the way, Johnny's been talking in class and you get on the de- defense. Maybe you pull back and say, you know what? You know what? I was really sick. I had the flu and then, um, you know, my, so- my son was sick and I do apologize to you. I, I have been behind. I've been working to catch up. Um, I, 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 apologize for that and I'm so, I really appreciate your patience as I get through this really, really tough time. So I think that yes, we want to get on the defense. It's like, it's none of your business. I was sick. Leave me alone. But as soon as we do that, the power is shifted to the parent by admitting saying, yeah, I I've been sick. I'm behind. I'm getting caught up. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. And then they leave. And you shut it down. You don't spin on it. You don't go talking about it. You don't make a big deal out of it. You don't worry about it. You shut it down. You realize, hey, they called me out on something. It didn't feel good. I don't really like the way that felt, but I'm going to let it stay here and I'm not going to take it with me and I'm not going to spin on it. I'm not going to give that person control over my thoughts, feelings, and my actions. So, the last thing I want to talk about is being vulnerable. So sometimes as teachers, because we do put our heart and soul in what we're doing, we can make like everything about us. And one of the things I think you can do is to not make this about you. Don't be the victim of someone that wants to come in and take that power away from you. When you give your emotional life away to others, you give then your thoughts away to others and your feelings and Why would you give that time and space to someone that isn't being supportive of your best self? So let's talk about being vulnerable. True true vulnerability means leaning into your emotions of all kinds. And I've discussed before that I've gone through two really very difficult losses recently, you know, the, the deaths of both of my brothers. And so I can say I have definitely learned by leaning in to both the really hard, awful feelings And both the happy feelings. Being being vulnerable as a teacher means that you face all types of feelings and emotions that you have and that if you do get feedback from someone that you're able to really look inside and say, is that person right? And maybe you ask more questions of that person, of that parent. And you say, well, why do you feel this way? Tell me more. Give me more about your perspective. Tell me how I can understand this problem more. And let's work this out together. So instead of shutting the parent down and saying, no, that's not the way it was. You're not allowed to talk to me that way. That's not how I run my classroom. Take a step back. Be vulnerable and ask questions. Because when you're soft like that and you listen without getting defensive, you might learn something really powerful about yourself. And while putting up boundaries and shutting that parent down might feel better at the time, what you're really doing is protecting yourself from feeling anything that doesn't feel good and avoiding hearing any type of criticism. But what takes real strength is listening and listening to their perspective. It doesn't mean that you agree with them. But it's important that you take your time with those tough parents to sit down and say, let's have a conversation. Let's listen. Let them talk. Let them talk it out. Most of the times with parents, the one conversations that are really, really hard are the ones, as I said before, where they trigger something that you already knew or that you were already feeling. So, being vulnerable and listening and understanding their perspective and leaning in, even if it doesn't feel really good for you, this could be an opportunity of huge growth for you. But here's where you keep this healthy you listen and you lean in and you understand their perspective, but you maintain the control of your thoughts and feelings. So, if they say something to you, I don't like the way you teach you know, grammar to my child, instead of you saying, oh, I'm an awful teacher. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, I'm a horrible teacher or, you know, beating yourself up or on getting defensive, you maintain control of your thoughts and feelings. You listen and then you move forward. So I want you to practice this the next time you have a difficult parent email or phone call or in person. I want you to do these three things. I want you to rethink the amount of power you are giving that person. I know I've said power about a thousand times in this podcast, but I think learning this skill set is going to help you in your mental health so much. So rethink the amount of power that you're going to give them during the interaction. And after you leave that encounter, are you going to spin in your head? Are you going to talk about it? Are you going to carry about it? Carry on about it? Are you going to worry about it? Are you going to end it there? and allow your brain to think about something much more happy and productive. The second thing I want you to think about it during this encounter is, did you immediately feel defensive? And if you did, remember that it right there is a shift of power. So if you're feeling defensive, instead of getting defensive, I want you to dig and say, is there anything that's true here? Why am I all of a sudden feeling so defensive? And maybe you'll come up with a good reason. Maybe this parent is just making up complete lies about you and really, you know, there's no truth there, that's when you go get help from a principal or someone else that can be on your side. But if you're feeling defensive, I want you to dig deep to see if maybe there's a grain of truth there that's making you feel that way. And finally, I want you to be a little bit more vulnerable. If you have a parent Bring something to your attention, maybe that um, is triggering some feelings in you. I want you to sit down and listen and have a conversation and then evaluate, are those things really true? How can I learn and grow? Because it takes strength to be vulnerable and open yourself up and listen. But after that is over, and after you've leaned in and you've learned from one another and you've had a great conversation, I want you to end it there. And I want you to walk out of school or go to lunch, and I want you to shift your thinking to something positive and productive. If this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, I really suggest that you go back to episode number 31, where I talk about how your thoughts control your entire workday. I really believe that those 60,000 thoughts we have in our head every day, we need to become more aware of that thinking. We need to train our brain to think about our conversation that's going on in our head and how those thoughts control our feelings and how we ultimately feel hour by hour every day. And then those feelings control our actions and how we react to things. And then finally, over time, those actions give us our results. And so I think those actions and results are the difference between being a happy human being and a happy educator and being someone who frankly is miserable. Listen, I am a parent, I taught for 10 years, I know how tough it is sometimes when you have tough parents, but you are in control of your own feelings, thoughts and emotions. So remember that next time you have a difficult encounter, I appreciate so much you being here today for Educators to Educators podcast. And I look forward to being with you next week on our next episode. So until then, my friends, keep on teaching on.